welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? In this episode, we'll define and explore ways to have poise, hear how a listener deals with difficult customers at work, and we'll revisit my love for old Hollywood glam. This is episode 57. Here we go. Well, thank you listeners for tuning in this week. I just wanted to start, sometimes we start with a Sunday drive or Saturday adventure story. So that's what I'll do right now. So recently, our family just hopped in the car after church on a Sunday and drove around the surrounding countryside. This was quite a few weeks ago. It was so beautiful. Like even as the temperatures have been dropping steadily, the landscape has deepened in its shade of green, which I love as we transition to winter. The frost and the fog are so delicate and beautiful to behold. So I have a question for you. Have you taken a Sunday drive with your family recently? I would highly encourage you to do it. In fact, I wrote a short little blog post months ago about it on the website, sundayafternoonmama.com. Even if you just stay local and enjoy the scenery a few miles outside of your city or town, the drive can take 10 minutes or an hour and be incredibly refreshing either way. Sometimes all we need is to pause our worrying, puttering, cleaning tasks and errands to notice the beauty of creation all around us. I know for me, if I don't intentionally get out of my house, I could find a project or another thing to do besides relaxing. (laughs) So try a Sunday drive and tag me at Sunday Afternoon Mama and use the hashtag Sunday Drive so I can spot it on Instagram. All right, well, today we're going to explore what it means to have poise. All this month, we will be talking about how to handle tricky situations and rude people and family or friend dramas with grace and ease, not letting the junk stick to us like an icky paste. Now, I don't know about your specific family or workplace or neighborhood, but odds are you have to deal with some difficult people in your life. I think people are on edge these days too, which contributes to the difficulty of certain relationships and scenarios, don't you think? I love that quote from Michael Scott's character in The Office where he's like, the stress of my modern office. (laughs) And if you've seen that, you know what I'm talking about. But no, in all seriousness, I think we run at a high level of tenseness and we're wound so tightly that at the slightest inconvenience or rudeness, we feel ready to snap. Have you felt this way? I've also observed that our jobs, the news, politics, family issues can make matters worse. We are already tense and then one more thing happens that tips us over the edge and we break down either in tears or an outburst of anger or a rude retort. Technology throws its hat in the ring as a prime contender for why we are stressed and edgy as well. So for example, like we don't know how to do X, Y, or Z and technology is always changing and moving quickly and it ebbs and flows and we may feel behind the times. There's constant updating, stressful headlines, there's things posted for shock value, just there's just so much distraction, comparison. So we feel overwhelmed by information, the fast pace of life, and updates on everything and everyone. And so we sometimes end up filling our minutes with visuals and words and videos, and it can all become too much. 
Have you ever found yourself scrolling the news in the morning or watching the news and thinking, what? No, this can't be happening. You can feel yourself getting more stressed. And then you bop over to Facebook and see a random friend. Okay, let's be honest, not even an acquaintance anymore, ranting about a current political issue. And then you see another person share way too much private information online about a personal problem. So then there's overwhelm, overload, distraction. We're toast for the day, right? It, it dulls our senses and can blur our focus. I love the old saying, curiosity killed the cat. You know why? Because it's so true. Because not only are we bombarded with lots of information and images, we have access to a lot of information and images just with the tap of our finger on our phones. Most times when I get curious about something, even if it starts out very innocently, like, I wonder what other movies she's starred in, or I wonder what so-and-so is up to right now, down the black hole I go and my curiosity accomplishes nothing, nothing fruitful at least. And then my thoughts are swirling, right? Have we been there? <laughs> your thoughts are swirling and then your mind is more crowded with distracting, irrelevant information that is not going to help my life, will not help me become more poised as a person or in my roles as wife and mama. So back to poise. Poise sees chaos and overload and difficult people and all the things we face these days and says, no, I will keep myself in check. I will exhibit self-control, and even if I feel ready to lose my mind, I will make the choice to react as calmly as I can. So there's an incredible book that I'm going to reference throughout this episode, actually throughout this month, about poise, and it's from none other than the author who wrote the Madame Chic books that I've mentioned before. So this one is called Polish Your Poise with Madame Chic, and it's by Jennifer L. Scott, and it is incredible. I would highly encourage you to read it. In fact, just go ahead and buy it. It's not very much and it's on Amazon and you will not regret it. So there's five elements of poise she talks about in the very first few pages of this book. And those elements are confidence, composure, compassion, presentation, and being present. Isn't that beautiful? So Jennifer defines confidence as feeling comfortable in your own skin, a genuine self-assurance. She says about composure, keeping a positive perspective while maintaining calm self-possession and about compassion, thinking of others and practicing selflessness, presentation appropriately and stylishly dressed with good posture, and then being present, she says, poised people live passionately in the present moment. And I couldn't agree more. So what is poise? She says, and I, I agree, it's an attitude, not an achievement. It's an art form, she says. It's something you practice, and it's a graceful and elegant bearing. It includes those elements of confidence and composure, motivated by compassion and kindness for others, and it's reflected in how we present ourselves. That's a mashup of my definition with hers, <laughs> just to be clear. Part of the reason I love old movies so much is because of that old Hollywood glam. And now think 1940s and I mean silk dressing gowns, elegant pajamas even, Glossy, wavy hair, red lips, and manicured nails. Manners, allure, mystery about the characters. Now, I picture Grace Kelly and Audrey Hepburn as the epitome of poise. Beautiful, graceful women. Do you have a role model for poise that you can turn to? Watch some movies with these actresses in them and then tell me how you're inspired. I think you will love seeing them, noticing things about them and the era that they were in. Now, don't get me wrong. First of all, I know we can't step back in time, rewind the clock to the 1940s, nor, nor would I want to. And secondly, I am not advocating we all start pretending we are members of the royal family and saunter down the streets of our town smugly with overly formal attire. 
<laughs> just giggling as I picture this in my own small town. No, I am just saying that poise is an attitude and it's presentation and thoughtfulness and consideration for others. And it includes having good manners. Now, what tries to hinder us from having poise? The book Polish Your Poise tackles this question extremely well. And one of the main reasons she shares is that poise is so scarce these days. You'll see people in their pajamas at the grocery store. <laughs> I mean, right? Cursing freely in front of anyone and everyone, including children, which always makes me sad. Sloppy grooming and all in the name of being authentic or real sometimes or, oh, I just want something comfortable. Well, that's really, that makes me quite sad, actually. Living in workout attire all day, every day, instead of putting on a nice pair of jeans sometimes, a clean shirt, a pretty lip color, right? Remember my friend Osti Eckley's recommendations for me? She was like pushing me towards the bold red lip or try this, try that. And she was so right, 100% right. Now, I am all for comfort and ease, and there's many times at the school drop-off line where I'm in my car, but I am in my workout clothes, and I'm not. That's totally fine. So what we're, what uh, Jennifer would say, too, is yes, of course, but there's just this extreme point we've reached in our society where the excuse, I just want to be comfortable, or this is me, and I just want to be real, it it just it isn't it isn't adequate anymore it's just gone way beyond way beyond comfort <laughs> as an excuse for the way that a lot of people do not have poise there are comfy cute shoes there are comfy cute dresses and comfy cute outfits that present themselves well give a fantastic first impression and communicate i care to everyone around us comfortable does not have to mean frumpy or neglected Jennifer has an excellent YouTube channel where she dives deeper into her passion for poise and presenting ourselves well. So I will just refer you there for more incredible content and I'll put all these sources and links in the show notes because you should definitely check them out. So what other things hinder us from having poise? What hinders me, you ask? I'm imagining you asking. <laughs> Often, it's my old insecurities rearing their ugly heads. In my weakest moments, I don't think about another person's scenario. I immediately jump to the conclusion that they are personally mad at me. They now hate me. Completely untrue about 99.9% .9 of the time, right? This is called emotional reasoning. I learned this way back in my counseling courses. We believe that what we feel must be true automatically. So if you feel like something was your fault or that something is true, it must be true. You assume that your unhealthy emotions reflect the way things really are. Or sometimes it can be what's known as jumping to conclusions. Without individuals saying so, we know what they're feeling. We know why the, they're acting the way they're acting. And in particular, we're able to determine how people are feeling towards us. This is, <laughs> this is crazy, right? It's like, no. So for example, a person may conclude that someone's reacting negatively toward them, but doesn't actually bother to find out if they are correct. So those are some quotes from a website I'll link in the show notes about psychology and just the psychology behind why we might feel that way sometimes and then not do a great job of having poise in those moments where we feel like someone's against us or turned against us or this is all me, oh no, and, and just losing our poise. To be honest, this way of thinking is actually pretty self-focused, and I shudder to even say that because I've experienced this and I've, I've done this before, but it is true. When you are jumping to conclusions, it's not considering the other person's perspective. It's not considering their hurts, their feelings. There's no empathy or compassion when you jump to that really far conclusion. Another thing that makes poise difficult for me personally is sometimes is stress or just 
plain tiredness. You know, sometimes there's that stress that's simmering under the surface of our lives and we're getting by with plenty of coffee and <laughs> and activity and social outings and but the root of the problem isn't being dealt with and sometimes like I mentioned just a second ago the problem is I'm just tired right I'm not getting enough restful slumber at night I'm not dealing with the deeper causes of stress but here's the thing we can have all the excuses in the world and I can have all the excuses in the world but does that oh this is a hard question can we blame a bad mood or not enough sleep you know, on the fact that we don't have poise or that we've reacted really horribly in a situation? No, no, we can't, can we? And I will just go ahead and say right now and advocate that if we have that simmering stress under the surface, the main thing that will help is to pour out all of our heart and all of our thoughts to God. The anger, the frustration, the confusion, all of it, and get that burden off of you. Let him take it. I love that verse where Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. So letting go of all that simmering stress or even just that exhaustion, that physical exhaustion that we feel like I didn't sleep well, I've been really stressed, help me today, help me, you know? A prayer like that is a good first step into a life filled with more grace and a calm demeanor, right? So despite all these challenges we face, the world around us, the society, everything, you know, things that happen to us, things that are done to us, we are always faced with a choice. We're always faced with a choice and we can choose poise or we can choose to react negatively. Now, I listen to a few other really wonderful podcasts in my life and currently one of my favorites is by Gretchen Rubin and it's called Happier with Gretchen Rubin. And she had a listener write a question about like the quiet car on the train, how she's, this listener was so frustrated because every time they go, it's like they're breaking the rules. There's people that are loud and obnoxious and I just want a quiet spot on the train on my way home from work. And so they were coming up with different strategies so you can keep calm, keep composed and not be rude back to these people that are being noisy. So honestly, some of the solutions Gretchen and her sister came up with were like, okay, well, the choice could be, you know, you could say something as graciously as you can, but most likely people are easily offended these days and they're kind of stuck in their bad habits. So uh, it might not work, you know, it might backfire. Or another option is don't go in the quiet car because if you go in there, it's not going to be very quiet. Or another option was put some headphones in and just listen to music or white noise or whatever. Um, Another one was adjust your expectations. Like don't expect people to follow the rules because that's just kind of sad fact of life these days so anyways it was interesting because they were coming up with strategies because it is always up to us like all we can control is ourself we can't control the person who outbursts and says something rude we can't control the person who cuts us off on the freeway we can't control any of that but we can control ourselves and how we react (laughs) speaking of driving i was Uh, I find the school drop-off line incredibly stressful and sometimes I do a wonderful job of remaining very composed and very calm and very polite and I smile and (laughs) and I'm very gracious. But one thing that really bothers me is when people get impatient and they've dropped their kids off and they're behind you in the line and they cut over to the side forming another awkward line and they try to turn before you do to get back out of the parking lot therefore jamming up the area where the uh, crosswalk is, which is like, I'm thinking there are children walking here. This is not a great time to be rushing and cutting someone else off just to make, you know, maybe gain about one minute of time (laughs) back. 
So here's the thing. What I have to consider in those moments is maybe someone is running late for work. Maybe they had a horrible morning. Maybe my smile can diffuse a, se- a tense situation. And lastly, my kids are always watching for how I handle stressful situations, right? Those are some thoughts that I, I've been working on having instead of the, I can't believe they're doing this or muttering to myself or making a noise in the car because my kids hear that and they're going to copy that. So having poise in those moments, as silly as it sounds, but where it's a driving situation or you're in line at a store or for some reason, lines are very stressful to me because if people do what I think is considered breaking the rules or the social norms and they're just unaware or they don't care and they're just going to do what they're going to do, that's very offensive to me. So I'm like, oh, this person's breaking this rule (laughs) and I just, I get so frustrated that's the upholder in me. And then if you don't know what an upholder is, also go back to Gretchen Rubin and check out all of her stuff on the four tendencies. But you know, it's just, I have a choice in that moment. We all do. And choosing compassion and empathy can help so much when it comes to having poise. You can step back for a moment and think to yourself, okay, I don't know what's going on. You know, I like for my scenario the other day, I was running late. So I got to that school drop off line actually pretty late. And so it was kind of my fault because I got there at the worst time possible. (laughs) And so the fact that this person kind of cut me off, I was trying to jam in there. And then I got frustrated and I kind of tried to jam back in to turn the corner, (laughs) which was so bad and so embarrassing (laughs) that I did that. But you know, you have to step back and be like, how can I love this person right now? How can I be gracious? How can I not take this personally? You know, it's very difficult. I don't, I don't claim to have this perfectly figured out, but when we're talking about poise, these are the things that can really help. So let's sum all of this up. Here are some tips and a takeaway for you when it comes to how to have poise. The first thing is to decide that poise is valuable and it's worth having. So just because we don't see it a lot in our society doesn't mean it's not valuable. Doesn't mean that it's not a treasure. Doesn't mean that it's not worth it to be a poised, well-mannered person. Would you agree? I just think it's a little bit of a lost art to even have good manners and have good eye contact and be polite and speak to people and in a kind way. So when you do that and you decide that it's valuable, it's going to cause you to make a great first impression and stand out in a crowd. And I think that for us talking about characteristics of a Sunday afternoon mama, this is definitely a hallmark of a Sunday afternoon mama is to have poise and to cultivate that sense of confidence and recognizing that it's valuable to have good manners and to treat people, to treat people well. The second tip for you is to identify any of those cognitive distortions, things that are in your mind that are just flat out wrong. They're not true. Catch those thoughts early, challenge them, and then move forward. Tell yourself the truth about a situation. Resist the temptation to believe those toxic lies that might be kind of trying to swirl around in your brain. Remind yourself of who God says you are, not how you feel or think you are. And if you need an anthem to reinforce this even more, listen to Hillsong's Who You Say I Am on repeat. I will link it in the show notes. The third tip for you is to find a role model. Now you may have to look at a previous generation, you may not, I don't know, but find a role model that you can look up to, someone who's poised and someone who inspires you to present yourself well and to be well-mannered. Jennifer points out in her book that you could even look to a literary character or an actress from a different era for inspiration, especially in how they dressed or talked or just in general, how they present themselves. Now, maybe you have a 75-year-old neighbor and she just exhibits this great poise and you observe her walking confidently in the neighborhood with a smile on her face each day. 
compliment her, get to know her and learn from her and just be inspired by her. The last tip for you is to choose compassion and empathy. Choose it every time. There is, oh, there's, it's so good to step back out of yourself, out of your own head and out of your own emotions that tend to, oh, you know, react strongly and just breathe and consider the other person's point of view for a moment and then move on. So one of our listeners was sharing an example of this with me recently of how she deals with difficult customers at work. Now she works in the coffee industry and I feel like that is a challenge to be sure because people are on a mission in a hurry. They want their coffee. They want it now. It needs to be specifically what they ordered. So she said, I was like, how do you deal with difficult customers? And her main piece of advice was, you know, I just think to myself, they're probably having a bad day. It's not me. And so she always considers the other point of view and smiles and just keeps an upbeat attitude through it all. Instead of thinking, oh, this feels horrible. I don't deserve to be treated like this. What is their problem? How dare they say that to me? (laughs) You know, I didn't do anything but smile. (laughs) And so choosing compassion, choosing empathy is worth it every time. All right, well, I hope this is helpful to you. And when it comes to talking about cultivating poise, we're gonna explore more ways to do this in different scenarios throughout the month. I I hope you're excited. I hope you get on Amazon and order the book Polish Your Poise with Madame Chic by Jennifer L. Scott. Even like today is so, so good. All right, let's transition to my favorite things. Okay, so I went shopping with a dear friend recently and got a couple of t-shirts from Madewell on a killer sale. They were like $12, $10. And I was so shocked. I'd always had it in my head that I couldn't afford to go into certain stores and maybe this was one of them and it's like things are so expensive. No, you can go in and get some great sales. And I, I got these shirts, three shirts, and they were amazing. They have changed my life. I mean, not really, but they've really helped reinforce the style that I want to have. And I just was so happy to find a bargain. Another thing I'm loving right now is it's called butternut squash and it's a nail color. It's this creamy pinky color with a hint of brown in it. And I love it. It's the perfect fall or winter neutral for your nails. And lastly, I am also loving to read mystery novels and have a hot cup of tea at night. Mostly, I still have one or two nights at least of fun TV or movies too, but (laughs) on the nights I don't do that, I'm trying really hard to make sure I read and dig into those mysteries that I love. I love all the old Agatha Christie uh, mysteries. I own most of them. Randomly, years ago when I was teaching, someone brought in boxes and boxes of these books and they were like, does anybody want these? So so so-and-so donated them and I'm like, what? And I looked through and it was all the paperback versions of all of the Agatha Christie books. And so I took them home. I was like, yes, I will take these. And I still have them today. So let me know any of your favorite things. Maybe you can shoot me a direct message just for fun. I've been trying to reach out to different listeners here and there and just get to know you better over direct messaging through social media. So that's been really, really fun. So our kids can be super funny and the most random things can happen at home. And we call them bumblebee moments because my six-year-old used to say bumblebee for bumblebee and it was just super cute. So if you have a moment like this to share, please go to sundayafternoonmama.com and click on share a bumblebee moment or you can direct message me on Instagram or Facebook and share the story there. So one of mine is from a friend. I saw this Instagram story that she was doing about something that had happened in her day And basically, if I get the order right, first there was a cereal and milk spill. And I, I don't know what it is. There are so many spills in a day with kids. Like (laughs) there's just, the other day, my, my two-year-old spilled milk everywhere, just everywhere. And I'm like always thinking it's so ironic about like, don't cry over spilled milk because I literally could cry about it many, many times a week. But anyways, so this friend shared that 
her daughter spilled the cereal milk or whatever. So they're cleaning that up. And then there was another fiasco with like taking a toothbrush to the toilet and then possibly brushing their teeth afterwards. <laughs> like, oh no. And then I think the third component to the story was that one of her other daughters took a glue stick and put it on as lipstick. <laughs> so it's like all in a morning, typical morning with kids. It's just hilarious. Kids are, oh my goodness, they make you laugh and make you cry. They can do so many things within one day. You're just like mind blown. How is this happening? <laughs> okay, well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. And also, if you could do me a favor and screenshot when you're listening and share it to your social media, that would be amazing. Come visit SundayAfternoonMama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends.